Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. Are you thinking correctly when it comes to your life? In other words, do you have a proper perspective, God's perspective, in order that you make right decisions and that you behave properly? It's only when you understand things from God's vantage point that you are going to behave correctly and in the end, fulfill the objective of God for your life. And let me ask you another question. Do you know what the objective is from God for your life? Well, we're going to see that in today's scripture. So with that said, take out your Bible and look with me to the book of Romans and chapter 15. The book of Romans and chapter 15. Now, in this first verse, there's going to be two groups of people that are going to be discussed. Now, oftentimes, they're translated into English as the strong ones and the weak ones. But if we look carefully at that word in the original language, it has more to do with those who are able, those who are capable, and those who are not capable that cannot do something. And it's really related to maturity, being spiritually matured, growing in the faith so that you can do it. And Paul's going to give some very significant instructions, instructions that, that correspond with the revelation of the law. Now, Paul, being a Jew, being a Pharisee, he was most familiarized with the Torah. And he understood what the law of God revealed and the goodness of the law of God in order that we could indeed fulfill the objective for why God created us and why Messiah saved us. So with that said, look at that first verse, Romans chapter 15 and verse 1. We read here, and we the ones who are able ought to. So he's speaking to those, and your Bible probably says, the ones who are strong, we ought to, and it speaks about what we ought to be doing. And to do what we ought to be doing requires that we think properly. And he's going to give us that right perspective so that we can see things properly and know what we should be doing and the objective that we want to fulfill again verse one but we the capable ones ought to the weaknesses of the ones who are incapable we ought to bear meaning this there are those who are weak those who are not capable those who lack something and we ought to bear what does that word bear mean it means to support assist or this is probably very important that we need to make up what is lacking with them 
It's not because they are rebellious. It's not because they don't love God. They need to grow, as we'll see in a moment. They need to be edified. And therefore, instead of pushing them aside, scolding them for not being able to do what needs to be done, we're called to bear, put up with their inadequacies, and not just put up with, but assist them. Use that situation to help grow and mature them so that in the end, the the objective is fulfilled. So verse 1, but we, those who are capable, we ought to, the weaknesses of the ones who are weak or incapable, we ought to bear, and notice the end of verse 1, and not ourselves, and this is important because in the text, this is emphatic. It's being emphasized to us. And not ourselves we are to please. So it's not about me. It's not about am I getting my wants fulfilled, my needs fulfilled, as people seeing me the way that I want to be seen. None of this is the objective that God has for you. It's not about you. So he says, let us not ourselves please verse verse 2 for each one of us notice what it says the neighbor let him please now this is where it comes back to the torah we've learned many times and i've said this in our study of the book of romans the the foundation of the law the primary message of the law is to love our neighbor as ourself paul says that in galatians all the torah and one statement love your neighbor as yourself now that corresponds with what we just learned it's not about me i'm not here to please myself but i want to do things in light of the needs that my neighbor has that's what paul is speaking about here so the neighbor that's also emphatic the neighbor let him please and how do we do that for the good now what does that mean for the good well we've learned many times that the word good is related to the will of god so we want to behave in a way that that brings about the fulfillment of the will of god in this person's life that they do the objective that they walk in a way that completes god's purposes for them so we read for the good for the will of god to and this is important to edification now that means this these two things go together we need to be concerned about being an edifying influence in the life of others so that good that is the will of god can be accomplished in that person's life they grow and the and the maturity is is greater why well they were ones that were incapable unable to do things we want to change that and make sure that they're able that they become as it says in other bibles strong ones so that they can be a source of edification for others this is what paul is speaking about in these first two verses look at verse 3 in verse 3, we see an example. Not just a example, but the example. Why? Because it relates to our Messiah, Yeshua. 
And one of the things we need to see about Messiah is, usually, especially this is true in the Gospels, that when, when Christ is spoken of, he will be spoken of in one or two ways. What will be emphasized is that he is the Son of God or the Son of Man. It's either emphasizing his divinity, the Son of God, or his humanity, the Son of Man. And when there's an emphasis on his humanity, then what's being taught is that he's an example for us. And that's exactly what we see in verse 3. Not just an example, but the perfect example. Verse 3. For even the Messiah, not himself, also emphatic, not himself, he please. That's not why he came. But it says, but rather just as it has been written. Now, again, I like this because we see over and over and over the purpose of Messiah is to fulfill the word of God. Remember, he's an example to us. So what should I be concerned about? The word of God. That I live in a way, I believe what is right, so I can live in a way that's right in order that I fulfill the will of God. That's the objective for all people. But when we do that, there's a greater objective, and this is the one that we're going to come to in a moment. But look again. But just as it's been written, the reproaches of the ones who are reproaching you fell upon me, meaning this. There are those who want to bring reproach upon us. And those reproaches fell upon, Messiah is speaking, me, meaning fell upon Messiah. He took those reproaches. He took shame. Now, this has some significant implications because oftentimes we are so concerned about people. You know, he disrespected me. She disrespected me. We don't have to be concerned with that at all. Why? What this scripture is saying is all that disrespect, Messiah took. He took upon himself so that we don't have to be concerned about that, trying to justify ourselves, trying to present ourselves in, in light of, of something to impress people. No. We need to be kingdom-minded. And because we're kingdom-minded, we, we have a different perspective, and we'll talk more about that in a moment. Look, if you would, to verse 4. For what has been written... Whatever has been written in the scripture, that's a context. For your instruction, it has been written. Now, instruction for what purpose? Well, instead of thinking about yourself, thinking about what you're getting, what you're not getting, thinking about respect or unrespect, what should we be thinking about? Notice what it says here. This is what's important. In order that through endurance or patience or perseverance, however you want to translate that word, in order that through endurance and comfort, and this word can mean encouragement, by the scriptures, we have, hear this, we have hope. Now realize something. That word hope is a kingdom word. There's so many words in the Bible that relate directly to the kingdom of God. See, hope is a kingdom word because in the kingdom, there are blessings. In the kingdom, that's where we're going to receive the promises of God. 
you say well god blesses me in this world yes he does but those blessings are all temporal meaning this they're going to wear out they're going to go away they're going to end they're temporal but the blessings that we receive in the kingdom they are eternal now notice the context it says here that we want to to persevere or endure some bibles will say have patience we have patience and we're going to receive encouragement why so that we as a result of god's word we have hope hope in what a kingdom experience and it's a sure hope it is guaranteed because biblical hope is always rooted in the written promises of god and one of the greatest the greatest the gospel because of the gospel and god cannot lie i'm going to be in the kingdom of god and there are eternal blessings there and that's what i should be focusing on not this world and what i do have or don't have that's why we persevere because we hope for a kingdom experience that that kingdom blessings verse five but the god of patience or the god of perseverance the god of endurance and comfort he will give to you what's he going to give to you he's going to give to you the same way to think for one another according to and here again the example the perfect example according to messiah yeshua jesus christ so i'm called to think as he thinks to persevere and overcome the things of this world because there's a kingdom reality this world is coming to an end and if it doesn't end in my lifetime my lifetime is going to end in this world my hope if right now as this is being recorded i'm 58 years old and and the statistics say that i have at best 20 years left why am i going to be all consumed for those 20 years what i do get and what i don't get that's foolishness i'm not concerned about those 20 years or so that i may have left i'm concerned for eternity what is 20 years concerned to all of eternity that's the the message that that paul is conveying so the god of perseverance and comfort he would give to you that same way to think for one another according to messiah yeshua verse six in order that and we have two words the word for passion or desire and the greek word is homo like that we have the same or a similar or a like desire we have the same desire and with one mouth and what do we do well remember i talked about the objective what we should be doing what we should be concerned about what we want to achieve here it is right here that we have the same objective passionate about it we speak of it one mind we're all together with one mouth and what is that that you glorify god and the father of our lord messiah yeshua that's my objective in all circumstances that that i be used in order that god is glorified that's our objective doesn't matter what i get don't get what i lose what i receive none of that's important doesn't matter if i'm respected disrespected honored dishonored if people doesn't make any difference what they do what they think about me if in the end i am behaving in a way that brings glory to god 
That is success. So don't think of success. Uh, how big is my home? How expensive is my car? What type of clothes am I wearing? Are they designer or not? How much money do I have in my bank account? Do I have great investments? That's not success. Now, those things in and of themselves are neither bad nor good. They can be used for the glory of God too. But what's important is this. Am I behaving, doing those things that bring glory to Him? That's what is important. Verse verse 7. Therefore, you receive... This is how we do it. This is how we glorify him. Therefore, in light of that, in other words, therefore you receive one another, just as also Messiah received. And the Texas Receptus says, us believe Nessie Allen has you. Now, a small change, but one that we need to recognize. He says here that we receive one another just as Messiah has received us or as he's received you for what for the glory of god meaning this there is an inherent relationship between the will of god being fulfilled and the glory of god messiah he came to this world for a purpose reconciliation to reconcile sinful humanity with a holy god and he did that work perfectly And God attested to that perfect work by raising him from the dead. And when we are reconciled to God, that is, his will is fulfilled in our life. There's unity. We're in that covenant relationship. It brings glory to God. Verse 8. But I say, Messiah Yeshua, becoming, having become a servant of the circumcision. What's the circumcision? the Jewish people. He came to serve the Jewish people in behalf of the truth of God. Why? In order to to certify the promises of of the fathers. Now, the fathers were talking about the patriarchs, Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Messiah came because there was a promise that from the loins of Avraham, would come a promise. That promise went from Abraham to Isaac, not to Ishmael. And from from Isaac to Jacob, not Esau. And then to the sons of Jacob, this is the circumcision. And it's the circumcision that is supposed to take the gospel and share it with the world in order that the purposes of God might be fulfilled. So what we see here is Messiah. He became a servant to to Israel in behalf of the truth of God, this covenant that was made with Abraham in order to certify the promises that were made to the patriarchs. And what is that going to bring about? Well, notice there's a big change in verse 9. The emphasis in verse 8, circumcision, the Jewish people. But through Israel, that nation that's going to come out of the loins of Abraham, what's going to be the outcome? The purpose, the promise was that all the nations might be blessed. And this is what he's going to talk about here. Look at verse 9. But the nations in behalf of mercy. 
Now, there's an inherent relationship between mercy and the gospel. We receive the mercy of God. We can say it another way. We receive the grace of God through that gospel message. And that gospel was released into this world by Jewish people. And therefore, he says, and the nations, or Gentiles, however you want to translate this, in behalf of mercy. And what does that mercy produce? To glorify God, just as it's been written. It's always about God being glorified, just as it's been written. On account of this, I will confess you, that's you singular to God, I will confess, acknowledge you among the nations, and your name I will sing. Now, this is from a psalm. We look here and we see in this scripture that is speaking here about how prophetically that, that God is going to be praised among the circumcision, Israel, the Jewish people, and among the nations. His order to the Jew first and also to the Greek, meaning the Gentile. So we have this wonderful promise of that, that your name I will sing, and will confess you among the nations. Look now to verse 10. Same concept. And again, he says, Rejoice, O nation, with his people. Now, what he's saying here is about how God's objective, what God is glorified by, is humanity, both Jew and Gentile both the circumcision and the nations, that they do what? That they rejoice before God. Look at the whole verse. And again, it says, you rejoice, O nation, with his people. Verse 11. And again, praise the Lord, all the nations, and praise him, all the people. Why this is here is to say, what God wants is people praising him, worshiping him, glorifying him. And this is what we should be about. We should be praying every day, God, use me in the life of other people, that they might be changed, that I could influence them to give honor and praise to God, whether they be Jewish or whether, not, whether they not be Jewish, doesn't matter. God wants all humanity to praise him. And the foundation of that is indeed Messiah. He is the source. What he did and what he has done for me and you makes it possible that we can offer a praise to him and he would receive it from us. Look now to verse 12. It says, and again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse there will be. So this is talking about the root of Jesse, a, a reference to Messiah. There will be the root of Jesse. And he says, this is the one I will raise up as a ruler of the nations. Now, who's going to rule over all nations? Messiah. This is this root of Yeshai or Jesse in English. And notice he says, the one who is going to be raised up rising up to rule and this resurrection always a reference to what 
the kingdom. And we see that Messiah is going to rule over this world in the kingdom. Someone was sharing with me how disappointed they are. They don't see justice in this world. They don't see fairness in this world. They don't see righteousness in this world. That's right. And they said, but God's sovereign. Yes, he's sovereign. But he has not established his rule yet. In other words, his throne that is in heaven hasn't entered into this world. It will when the millennial kingdom is established. And it will go from that millennial kingdom into the new Jerusalem. He will always be and always is the Lord of Lords, but he has not began his rule here in this world. That's what the book of Revelation teaches us, the events that have to happen for that rule of Messiah to, to take effect. So it says, and the one that will rise up to rule over the nations. Unto him the nations they will hope. And this just reminds us that our hope is in Messiah. And that hope is offered not just to Jewish people, but also to who? To the nations. Do you see? Messiah came to the lost sheep of the house of Israel because he does everything according to God's plan, God's order. First, the gospel to the Jewish people. And then it goes from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the animals parts of the earth in order that all nations might receive that same salvation experience through faith, through what Messiah did upon that cross. Well, let's look at one more verse. We concluded with verse 12 where it says, Upon him, the nations, they will hope. Verse 13, our last verse, where it says, But the God of hope. Now notice earlier on, he was the God of perseverance, the God of endurance, the God of patience, the God of encouragement, and all of that. He's to bring us to hope. For the God of hope, what will he do? He will fulfill in you, he will fill you with joy and peace. So we receive that joy and peace, that's what he's going to fill us with among those who are believing to the one who is believing for the abundance for you to abound in hope this is the third time hope is mentioned and hope is a kingdom word and when we have hope in the blessings and the promises that are found in the kingdom it is going to change the way you and i live we're going to live a life that's truly praiseworthy let me say it another way a life that truly gives god glory and then let's conclude the end of verse 13 where he says for you to abound in the hope in the power the power of the holy spirit now you know that i've said many times how the holy spirit is related to the order of god that's what he does in our life that's his ministry to bring us into god's order and what we find is this, when we hope for the kingdom things, not the things of this world, but kingdom things, that is going to release the ministry of the Holy Spirit into us, that baptism of fire whereby we are anointed to do the things of God. We are equipped to do them and will do them successfully to the glory of God. Well, I'm out of time until next week. May God bless you. Shalom from Israel.
Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel.